Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. Wow. You guys ready? You've already heard the message. Um, I, I have to tell you that I am absolutely blown away when God does what he does. Uh, you, you heard Rodney and everybody talking. The title of today's message is Walking Together. Rodney did not know that was my message. Those who were speaking didn't know that was my message. But if you'll go to Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Um, I'm going to quote it in the King James. It says, can, can two walk together except they be agreed? Okay. Can two walk together except they be agreed? How many, been, how, how many marriages do we have in here? You want me to say that again? Can two walk together unless they agreed? <laughs> All right. The world walking record for miles covered in a 24-hour period by a single individual is 120 miles. The record is held by C.A. Harriman of California. The world double record is held by Jim Clark and Roger Rurgis, Rurgis of Clinton, Ohio. To qualify for the double record, Clark and, and Rurgis had to walk side by side. They clocked in 116.5 miles in 24 hours. In the spirit realm, it is not how fast or how far we can walk, but how Christ-like we can walk. Okay? It's not how many miles you walk, it's how Christ-like you can walk in what you're doing. In the prophet Amos's day, his contemporaries claimed to be walking with God, but God saw their, their, their hearts and their inconsistencies. And he said in verse 10 of 3, they do not know how to do what is right. This is a strong prophet, and he says that God said, you just don't know how to do what's right. How many have children? Do I need to say any more? Therefore, Amos' question is, 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 permeates and should cause us to examine our walk with God and one another. God, uh, walking together is God's desire for his children. How can we walk together? In answering Amos' questions, let us consider first the implications of walking together. Second, the importance of walking together. And third, the implementations of our own personal walk. Implications of walking together. In the New Testament, the word used most often to characterize a Christian's activity is the word walk. Not a short hike or a casual stroll, but a lifetime of committed to maintaining fellowship with God by walking with the Father and His family. That involves at least two implications. Number one, walking together implies union. When a union is formed, there is a common bond. 
These principles is seen in marriage. That's why so much of the scriptures, you'll see Christ as the bridegroom, we as the bride, and you'll see that prophetic sign all the way through. These principles are seen in marriage. There is a unity in the bonds of holy matrimony. So it is in the family of God also. We are united to the person of our Lord Jesus Christ and his cause. Walking together implies unity. Unity is more than union. Union is the framework that brings us together. Unity is the function within that framework. Union is getting together. Unity is getting along together. All right. I don't think you got it. I have two kitty cats at my house. If I take those two cats and I tie their tails together, they are in union at that point. If I throw them over a fence, over a barbed wire fence, and they're still tied together, they have union, but there is not any unity. Those two cats would kill each other, even though they're in union together because I tied their tails together. Have you ever seen a marriage like that? I mean, there was a point in time when Susie and I went to a Christian counselor and he said, there ain't no hope, (laughs) y'all. But see, our union had enough structure that we decided to quit fighting with each other and start healing each other. Because we came into unity for the union to survive. And there's a lot of the church right now that if they don't figure how to have unity, I'm going to tell you, your union could be in jeopardy with God. That's a strong word. Unless you're a Baptist, because which one saved, always saved, and who gives a flip? That was a shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need each other. Rodney was prophesying that we need each other. But if your union with God is not intact to the point that he can mold you into the image of Jesus Christ, you will lack unity. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord... I, therefore, a prisoner, one that is bound to the Lord. Do you understand a prisoner uh, just can't go and do anything he wants to go do? There's certain things as a Christian I just can't go and do. Not, Not just because my wife has a concealed weapon permit. It's just that God won't permit it. There are certain things I do that you can't do. Why? Because your union and your relationship with Jesus Christ usurps my, some of my belief systems. This is a personal relationship. <laughs> I get to smoke cigars. It would be a flat sin for some of you. 
But don't put your little inability to smoke a cigar of sin on me. <laughs> Why? Because we have to walk in unity because my, my union with the Lord is different than yours. Now, listen, I'm not talking. There's some blatant things you can't do. There are some absolutes. Okay? But this union between you and God, if it's not intact, you will have a cat fight and have no unity. Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What is he saying there? Every one of you have a calling. Every single one of you have a calling. <laughs> with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. I could, I could preach that for like three days. Eager to maintain the unity of, of the spirit in the bond of peace. Listen, you if you are going to let Holy Spirit um, infuse you with your union with Jesus, your unity with others will be easier. You don't always have to be right. And let me let you in on a secret. You probably aren't. Right? But then I love these people who have an opinion of everything we should do or not do, and they want to tell me how to do it. But when I say, okay, you want to take it over? Oh, no, me. <laughs> oh, really? You might want to go check your union, your union because our unity is getting a little, little cat fight here. Am I meddling? Eager to, me, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Did you notice he didn't say the unity of the law? The spiritual law is more important than the written law because the written law was designed to kill you. The spiritual law is designed to raise you. So if the spiritual law says, bow your knee and say, forgive me, you do that. Why? So there could be life there. Why? Because he wants unity. And if you don't have enough union, you won't trust God and humble your pride and say, I'm sorry. In these verses, you have both union and unity. The bond, that's union. The unity of the spirit is where that really comes from. Here's another illustration. King Charles V in 1556 became weary of ruling over his country, and he decided not to take the throne. He just said, I'm done with you. I'm done with you as a nation. And he, <clears throat> this is in 1556, he retired to a monastery where he spent his time trying to make a dozen clocks run in perfect synchronization. When he had repeatedly failed he said, how foolish have I been thinking I could make my people live together in harmony when I can't even get two clocks to walk together. Welcome to leadership. Welcome to the priesthood. And if your union with Father is not intact, you will become frustrated because there's no synchronization between us. Because without the Spirit, you have none. 
Without the Spirit of God, you have no unity. And I'm going to tell you, if you're struggling with unity within the body, go back and check your union with Father. Only the Holy Spirit can bring us together and keep us together and submitted to him. I've, I've, in the last three or four weeks, it's almost like I feel like I've been elevated in the eyes of God in some people's minds. And, and, and people are coming and looking for wisdom from me. And I'm telling you, it's weird because it's showing up and, it, uh, and it's smarter than I am. You ever been there? You walk away from this great conversation that someone really needed some wisdom and some insight. You walk away and go, dang, that was good. Where did that come from? That's pretty good for a dumb redneck. And you realize it's the Spirit of God on you that is giving. Why? Because he wants union and unity, and he wants, he wants these things to work. But in a couple of these cases, these people have said to me, we have been sideways for years on certain issues. We've had enough relationship to fight and argue, but we've been sideways because I just flat wouldn't submit to you. I'm like, that's a great revelation. Where'd you get that? He said, the Lord told me. Will you forgive me? And they asked, I'm like, sure. Now, you know me and my vulnerability. You want to hear the conversation that followed that call? Holy smokes, I got to be friends with him again? Seriously. Holy smokes, this guy has been a pain and brought a lot of pain. Then he gets some healing. We get some more healing. And it's nice because I don't have to answer his phone call all the time. Then all of a sudden this happens and I have a decision to make. Dang. He said the word submit. I'm willing to submit. Do you know what happens when you choose to submit? You're having a conversation with God the Father. Your union with Father will tell you to submit to another. Did Jesus give that an example that he submitted to the Father? Not my will, but your will. Did he not cry in the garden? Did he not sweat blood? In his wrestling of, oh my gosh, look what you've called me to do. You've actually called me to die. Listen, the reason most marriages really stink is nobody will die. Or someone wants to be murdered and call it death. Your marriage is designed to kill you. And some of you will not die quickly. Or quietly. That wasn't you and... Terry, that wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about y'all. <laughs> Are you getting my point? You know, you, you can see that. We see relationships like, you know, oh, yeah, look at that. Turn, turn that mirror on you and God. Turn that mirror on you and God and tell me where you're at. Tell me, tell me, tell me, is your union intact enough for him to say, go submit, buy in? 
serve me through this house. Serve me through this man. Serve me through this department. Serve me through this department. We have a volunteer-driven church. And I appreciate you. But if you're volunteering to get God's favor instead of having your favor already given to you, you'll be frustrated. You'll bring division. You'll be mad at God eventually. But the first person you'll be mad is me. And I've been married 41 years. Bring it on. I ain't scared of you. I'm saying that with the utmost humor. The importance of walking together. If you are in the family of God, you cannot be a hermit. We belong to that grand company called the church. The church is not one person. The church is a gathering of many persons. And how we function together in agreement is important on many levels. Number one, walking together is a declaration of our beliefs. We come together on the basis of what we believe. Our beliefs is a binding agent. The local church's article of faith should be biblically lined up. I believe ours are. We kind of go onto the edge, the fringe edges of, of, of supernatural side. We can line it up. So it has to be Bible-based. You must be in agreement about our beliefs. Number two, walking together is a demonstration of our brotherhood. When we are in God's family, we are, there are certain standards of conduct that are expected from our Heavenly Father by our brothers and sisters and by those outside, by those outside who are onlookers. Birds of a feather flock together. We are allowed to be part of the world but not of the world. Okay? We are New Testament, New Testament people of God. In the Old Testament, if a leper touched you, you had to go do all the ceremonial stuff because you got slimed. And Listen, leper touches me, he gets healed. The problem is religion will, will look at me and go, hey, you're hanging around lepers. You're unclean. No, I'm not. You're just unwilling to get dirty. Because you don't know who you are, and your bond between you and Father is not... It's not structurally been tested that you will actually bring disunity to me and tell me I have to stay in these four walls to be effective. And I'm telling you, that's a lie. And that's a lie that you can't have either. You need to be Walmart targeting people. Number three, implement, implementation of our walk together. One factor is, is essential in order to implement such a union and unity, such a declaration of demonstration. The unity is the matter of agreement. Mo, uh, Amos said it again, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. This morning was, how many love this morning? I mean, by a show of hands, how many got something personal? I mean, you something personal this morning. The presence was so thick. He was birthing something in here. 
Oh, you know, you know I, I, I'm, 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 I'm watching all this. I'm like, you know, um, people, people just freak out to get this. Now, do I don't want to screw it up and preach? That was my thing, Lord. I can preach this next time. No, it fits what it's what he was doing. Do two walk together unless they have agreed upon so? In order to walk together, there must be agreement on a minimum of at least four areas. Agreement about our doctrine, our document, our Bible. Because if you don't agree on your Bible, then you, you're, you're going to... Let me preach. Um, our walk is a Bible-based walk. The rules of the road are therein, and woe be to those who try to walk in an unworthy manner outside of those principles. You can't walk without the Word. Number two, agreement about our direction. It is quite impossible for persons to go in different directions and walk together. You can't be going in two different directions to say you're walking together. The direction of your face and your feet will reveal the direction of your heart. You want me to say that again? The direction of your face and your feet will reveal the direction of your heart. So if your face and your feet don't say what you say is in your heart, you have a bad union between you and Papa. And therefore, you will lack unity with your brothers and sisters. If there is not agreement of heart and mind about direction, you can't walk together with others. There's this most unusual statement, and I believe it's 2 Kings, not I think I wrote first, but it's 2 Kings 10, 15, where Jehu said to Jehonadad, are you according with me as I am with you? And he says, I am, Jonabad answered. If so, said Jehu, give me your hand. So he did, and Jehu helped him up into his chariot. Jehu, Jehu said, come with me and seal, see my zeal for the Lord. Then he had him ride along in his chariot. They went forth together. Why? They were in agreement about the direction that they were going. I'm telling you, the direction that Identity Church is going is to win souls. Not just be so... Listen, I, I hear, hear my heart. You have to start with winning souls. But just to get someone into heaven and not transformed is not my idea of winning souls. Listen, there's enough go-go juice. I can get people to say the sinner's prayer. I can scare the hell out of them. But that's not transformation. Right? We want trans we, we, we want souls to come and switch camps. We want souls to come. Years ago, I'm thinking, can I say this? And we're live streaming. They probably don't even know me anymore. There was a couple that, 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 that got radically saved, and, 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 and he would take my youngest son fishing, and, and they came from really crazy lifestyles. And we, we were 
a hands laying on church. And, and his wife was so desperate for the presence of God that she would come, we'd lay hands on her and bam, she'd fall out. But she had this dress about this high, somewhere about here. She showed everything she had. And, and, and I had people getting upset with, when are you going to correct her? I said, I ain't correcting her. That's not my job. And, and people were saying, you know, every time you lay hands on her, everybody sees her hoo-ha. And I'm like, oh, well. And, 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 and the Lord, I, I went to the Lord, well, what do I do? He goes, that's my department. So about three weeks of this, three weeks of this, I come out into the foyer of the church, and she's crying in the corner. I said, baby, what's wrong? She goes, I need prayer. I need the touch of God. I'm having a bad week. I said, well, why didn't you get prayer? She goes, because every time I do, I show things. <laughs> and I don't have the right clothes. I need prayer. It'll never happen again. Her desperation to be touched by God changed her outer garment because of the desire of the inner garment. And some stupid religious preacher didn't need to tell her. Her hunger and her desire drove her to make a change. I would much rather put up with a few weeks of hoo-ha and let God do it right. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're unwilling to put up with some of the mess, then you will miss the real message. And don't make hoo-ha the title of this message. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> hide your hoo-ha. God will hide your That'd be a great message. God will hide your hoo-ha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, let me repent before my wife throws a rock at me. Okay, number three, agreement about our duty. If we cannot agree on what our corporate duty is as a church, we cannot walk together in the performance of that duty. What is our duty as a church? It is clearly stated, number one, in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. I think we've got that. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has said, all authority, heaven and earth, both realms. Then he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Listen, if that's, that's our duty. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the end of the world. There's your boundaries. Ephesians 3, 20-21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. All that we ask or think. How are you praying? According to the power that works within us, to him be glorified in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. There's our mandate. Go make disciples. 
walk in power, walk in purpose to give him the glory. Here's the problem. We in the church have been taught, oh, touch not the glory. You can't, you can't touch his glory. No, that's not a heathen. He gives us his glory. He shares his glory with us, knowing that because we're humble and we know where we get it, it all reflects back to him. So, so to say don't touch his glory, no, then, then you're wrong. I'm not a heathen. He, I'm a son, and he shares his glory with me. He wants me to walk in his glory. Jesus was the glorified version of God himself on the earth, and I am the glorified version of him on the earth. I, religion, God wants to share his glory with none other. I'm not a none other, I'm a son. You can be a none other and sit in the corner and suck lemon juice. I'm, I'm going to eat some glory meal. Because I'm worthy. Because he said so. Real humility. You know what real humility is? Believing you are who he said you are. Dude, that humbles you. That humbles you. Oh, you're a mighty man of God. Have you talked to my wife lately? You're a warrior. Have you heard my fears lately? You're all that in a bag of chips. Mm. He said, he said, he said, he said that I'm more than a conqueror. He said, I am the apple of his eye. He said, he knows my thoughts and my intents. He said that if I would present the things that were wrong and let him purify it, that they would become pure, and then he could give me the desires of my heart. He said I was worthy. That's what he said. Fourth thing, agreement about our destination. What is our destination? We're on a journey from earth to heaven, from here to eternity. We're marching to Zion. Here's my problem. That sounds like someday. I'm already in Zion. I'm already seated in heavenly places. My job is our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name. <laughs> how be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you've never been to heaven, you'll probably never bring none to earth. But where are you seated? Oh, is that someday or that now? All right. So let's stop all the someday God's going to, you know, blow a trumpet and take us out of here. That's escapism. No, he's blowing a trumpet and telling me to get to work. He, he told me to release heaven, which is here, out there. That's the destination. That's the destination. <laughs> I grabbed somebody the other day. I said, come, let me see your hand. You're like, what was that? I'm like, oh, that was heaven. You know what the problem was? I haven't had that in a while. Why haven't I had that in a while? Because I quit pursuing it.
We need to quit talking about heaven as some past revival. They may have empty heads, but these are not empty hands. Because these are not empty hands, their head will eventually be full of God. Their encounter. The kingdom of God is at your hands or somebody else's? Waiting for the big time evangelist prophet to show up? Or are your hands charged with glory? Are your hands charged with love? Are your hands already pointing in the direction where we're going? I'm pointing in the direction of the commandment, go make disciples. If there's, if there's been a, prom, a personal promise that I believe that I am walking in right now, I am walking in he, 20 something years ago, he said to me, I'm not going to make it easy on you, but the day is going to come. I'll send people to you. And what took you years, they'll do in months. What took you months, they'll do in weeks. What took you weeks, they'll do in days. And many things they will supernaturally get by the, and the power of your blessing. I'm seeing it happen on a much more basis. Susie had her little personal encounter this morning in worship. What took us years? It's supposed to show up in months. It took us months. You're supposed to get in days. And we better start realizing the power of my blessing. When you realize the power of your blessing. Ha, you'll see the suddenlies. You'll see the broken get whole. You'll see the demonic get free. You'll see those who, 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 who need a new dress because they don't want to be seen in places. And you know what I'm talking about. The hoo-hoo story. But that's transformation. This morning when I was walking up here, I'm like, God, give us grace to let others grow give us grace to let others grow you know we're we got a new puppy and i'm reading all this stuff and oh my gosh do you realize a dog is a pack animal and i'm like my church is a pack animal <laughs> and, and and just talking about the dog reads your energy i'm like my church reads my energy <laughs> I'm like, we're a bunch of dogs, <laughs> but I'm the lead dog. I got to learn to communicate. I've got to, I am, listen, I believe the one man, the one man shows over with, I'll take the responsibility of headship. You take the, the responsibility of the leadership that God's given you. We got a house full of leaders. Go lead something. Go start a home group. Go start a Bible study. Go love somebody. You'll figure it out. And if you got a problem, call Elder Rodney. <laughs> nope. Can two walk together? Give me a minute. We can talk this verse for years, but unless we put the walk above our talk... Unless we put the walk above our talk, it'll be nothing but somebody else's pipe dream. We must aggressively activate every principle articulated in that verse.
You can't get anywhere unless you start. It doesn't do any good to sit up and take notice if you keep sitting down. The journey of a thousand miles begins the first step. So let us agree to walk together as we journey with Jesus and one another starting now. When I'm, we're probably not going to do it today because we've had altar time. Uh, Heidi, when we come to altar time, if you'll get on the, the keys or who, somebody, I, I'm, I'm going to start doing more altar calls for salvation. I'm not going to preach an hour and a half and then expect you not to have time to get in the altar. It's time for us to get into the altar. It's time for us to sit at an altar. We, we, we've developed the presence, his, the spiritual presence, the atmosphere for you to come deal with you. I hate to sound like my Pentecostal religious mama, but sometimes you got to get in the altar and grab the horns of the altar. Sometimes you got to get along with God to find out what God thinks instead of your opinion. It's time, it's time to get in the altar. And I'm going to tell you, it's time for some of us to get on the altar. See, a lot of people want to get in the altar and talk about people that won't get on the altar, and it's probably you that needs to get on it. That's where you're going to birth that, that, that anointing. Might be the only thing that saves your family and your kids. I'm so grateful for where my kids are at. And I was telling the Lord, one of my sons, he didn't get a promotion he wanted. And I was hurting for him. But his... His text to me was, I'm not qualified yet. But he ain't quitting. And so I was praying. I'm like, but God, I asked you for that promotion. And he said, I know. He said, why would you be more depressed than him? And I remember that when, when his life was on the line and the enemy was trying to take him out, I found an altar. I built my own altar. And I took the enemy's hands off my kids. I wouldn't let the devil have it. I've seen the results of the altar. I've seen the results that the wisdom that you have breakthrough and the drugs in that is done, but now you've got all this broken, ununified members of family because of the drugs because of that now how do you fix it and i he said to me go build an altar three o'clock in the morning and i'm going to ask you for one of the hardest requests and i built an altar at three o'clock in the morning and he the lord said to me i need your permission to let another man father him for a season because your relationship is broken because you've had to make hard stands can i have your permission for you to lay down your fathering position. The authority of a father. Go read scripture. It means a lot. And the Lord said, will you give me that? 
and let another man father him for a season. And when he gets healed enough, I'll give him back to you. You can only hear those kind of requests at an altar. Some of us have valued things of God so much we won't even put it back on the altar. The very place it was birthed, we won't give it back. Then we get hung up when it doesn't work. Within about a three-day period, after doing that and giving that position of father, my son was at a historical black college and he was walking by the religion and philosophy building. He was actually going to get a degree in business. God speaks to him. Change your degree. He walks in that religion and philosophy building. African-American Dr. James Brooks hears the voice of God. He says, there is your son. Treat him like your own. For three and a half, four years, three and a half, four years, he was fathered by another man that was spiritual enough to hear God's voice, to get him over that hurdle and get him over that hump. But some things you will never hear unless you've been in front of the altar, unless you're willing to put yourself on the altar and put the very promises of God on the altar. And we, as a church, we're going back to the altar. That's where the salvations and the birthings and the miracles and the, and, and, and the purity will come from. And we're not just asking for an altar. I want fire on this thing. Holy fire. We talked about that this morning. I want holy fire. I think I'm done. I could go on for a couple hours, but I think I should be done. believe the apostolic anointing on my life and the prophetic anointing on my life is starting to increase, which means the pastoral grace on you better increase. And it's time to pastor each other. It's time to love. It's time to get back in the altar. Stand to your feet. Lord, I thank you. God, I don't even know what you did this morning. I just know it's good. And I said yes. And so I'm asking you to give me the details of what I said yes to. Because I can't do it without you. But if you asked for it and you wanted my yes, you have a bigger plan than I can even comprehend.
But God, I can't as a leader tell these people to come to just a rock unless there's fire that causes it to be the altar. I want the fire on the altar again. You're purging, cleansing, life-giving fire. How do you close this? Or do you? God bless you in Spanish. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.